to the Child of a Library podcast, where we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. How is it March already? I mean, I know that February is the shortest month, but guys, it flew by so quickly. Now, I think that is partly also in my case, because I had such a great reading month. I sometimes do a quick walk outside during my lunch break, and that is where I enjoy listening to audiobooks. So in February, I consumed quite a few of those and I fell into a series binging spiral. As you know, I really like waiting for series to be almost at a close for me to read them back to back. And in this month, I was again confirmed. I think I will dive into this a little before we get to the actual topic at hand here. As you know, one of my top authors to read in 2021 was Brandon Sanderson, whose first Mistborn trilogy I read and loved. And in the past two weeks, I read all the other three additional books in the Mistborn world. So four to six, if you will, and just fell in love with the characters and with the world again. Because the story is set way after the original trilogy, I did not feel like I was starting right in between, but it had a nice ease into the world again. And the new characters were just on point and so enjoyable. But I'm a bit nervous because when I finished the sixth book in February, I read the author's note which stated that he wants to first write the third book in another of his series before he closes off his Mistborn chapter. But this other series that he mentioned now got his fourth book and my Mistborn realm still remains unfinished. And I don't know if that's a good sign as he will now definitely work on this last novel or if he completely deprioritized the last Mistborn book in order to continue his other series, which is called the Stormlight Archives for everyone who is curious. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this is such a struggle with well-known fantasy authors. There are so many series to finish and so many worlds to explore. I love it, but it can be stressful. But as you can see, my 2021 reading resolutions concerning my top three authors really work out super well so far. So I'm very pleased with how that has progressed. But now let's jump into the actual topic of this episode. And I have to admit, I'm very excited for it because as you saw in the title, it will be my first book tag. Now for everyone who does not know what a book tag is, no problem if you don't. I also had no idea until I discovered the bookish community on YouTube, where you find quite a few book tags in general. When you do a book tag, you answer a set of questions, all correlating to an overall theme, and find books that match that question in your experience. And on YouTube, people have gotten quite creative with book tags and a lot of creatives have started to think of their own question sets and challenge others to answer these questions as well. And to be honest, I did a little research and I could not find a lot of book tags here in the podcast world. So I thought, why not try this format in pure audio podcast style, because I think it could work really, really well, even without the visual support. So I took the liberty of creating my own set of questions, all centering around this audio format and thus the podcast book tag was born. Again, I could not find anyone else who has already done this topic, but if I'm wrong and there's already content out there, feel free to contact me and let me know. But without further ado, why don't we start with a tag? Guys, I'm so excited because this would be my first original tag. I always loved watching these videos in the past years, so this is a big step for me here. Especially because all the questions are centering around this whole podcast making process that I've grown to love so much over the past two months. The podcast prompts that I was formulating my questions around were find a host for your podcast, 
choose your theme music, define your topics and trademark, write your script, gather your equipment, sit down and record, despair because of the background noise, edit and lastly upload. Want to see into what questions I translated that? So, <clears throat> here we go. The podcast book tag. Question number one. Find a host for your podcast. Do you have a preferred publisher? For whatever reason. Could be that they put out the nicest covers or that they published your favorite book of all time, etc. To be honest, I was thinking whether I should just do an English one because most of my books are in English, but I decided that I also have to include a German honorable mention, and that is Bastei Lübbe, because they have the best floppy paperbacks for big books. But what do I mean by that exactly? So you do know these bigger books that are in paperback, but they are so stiff that either you have to crack the spine to read the book, or if you don't want to crack it, you just have a tiny slit that you can peek through to read the text inside, which I hate. I don't understand the choice for this type of book, to be honest. But it becomes increasingly popular, also for bigger books, to design the paperback spines with such materials in mind, so when you open them, they nearly lie flat and you don't have to worry about cracking the spine. Now that is the sort of paperback I love. And Bastei Lübbe has mastered this here in Germany, even for giant books like Ken Follett's, for example. For English, I have two. One is HarperCollins, simply because they have implemented two of my favorite institutions, so to say, which is the YouTube channel Epic Reads that has given me and so many others great book recommendations over the past years, and also Shake Up Your Shelves, which I mentioned in my last episode, that helps librarians and teachers to take a closer look at the required reading curriculum and explore whether there might be some outdated books that could be swapped for something more relevant or inclusive for the younger generation, and I think that is so important. And the second one is Macmillan Audio, because they produce all of my favorite audiobooks. Question number two. Choose your music theme. Favorite book to movie or book to TV adaptation? Honestly, I think I have to be super basic with this one, but not as basic as choosing Harry Potter. Because, and I know that will be controversial, as much as I enjoy them as movies in themselves, I don't think they are the best adaptations ever. Because there are quite a few plot points that are being left out and some character development, especially from Ron, is often glossed over by him just being the comedic relief rather than his actual role in the books, where he also educates Harry and Hermione about the wizarding world, as they did not grow up there, among other things, but I digress again. So I said I would be basic, so I will just name them. Favorite adult fantasy adaption? The Lord of the Rings. Classic. Favorite young adult dystopian? Divergent. Just the first movie though, the others I didn't really vibe with. And of course, The Hunger Games, especially the first and second installment. And for young adult contemporary, The Fallen All Stars. Guys, I told you I would be basic. <laughs> I can definitely recommend each one of them to read and then to watch. But to be honest, I really wanted to stick to the ones where I had both seen and read the material. And I realized there are so many great stories that I read that don't have an adaption yet. I just so hope that they will be picked up soon. I really do. Question number three. Define your topics and trademark. In your eyes, some exquisite world building. 
so hear me out. I really, really tried to not repeat books, okay? <laughs> so for this question, you will hear me mention two books that I did not talk about on the podcast before. The first one is Three Dark Crowns by Kendara Blake. This series takes place in a queendom on an island. Each queen bears triplets after the divine deity of the land declares her reign to be over. She gives birth to the triplets, each with another power, either linking to elemental, natural or poisonous abilities. And the queen is then sent to the mainland where she can live the rest of her life in peace. But now the new generation of princesses is raised and prepared to fight in a battle to the death on their 16th birthday until only one princess becomes the queen. This series was so rich in atmosphere. Kendra Blake does this so well. And just the premise and the way the world is built. Oh, I just, I just loved it. I have to be honest, I just loved it. And the second one is called Girls of Paper and Fire by Natasha Nyana. But be aware that this one has a trigger warning for sexual assault, just to put that out there. This is more of an Asian-inspired fantasy world, where each citizen is born into one of three castes. The mightiest ones being the moon caste, that take on a full animal form on their body. The middle class, called steel caste, where people look mostly human but have animal body parts. And then the paper caste, which are basically fully human. And because of their delicate skin to be thought of the weakest cast. Tradition has it that every year eight paper girls are sent to court to serve the king. Now sent is just the official term for partially abducted if we are being very honest. Of course some girls are groomed for this from birth but some of them are just plainly taken from their families. But in that year a ninth girl is sent to the court and she will show the moon cast king that her paper cast should not be underestimated. When you read this first book, you will be wholly engrossed in the court and the class atmosphere and how all of this is interwoven. I can only recommend a really great book to pick up if you are in the mood for an Asian-inspired fantasy and are not too triggered by the topic, of course, as I just mentioned. Question number four. Write your script, your favorite writing style. I really had to think on that one because by now I've got quite a list of authors that I think have wonderful writing styles, but I said I tried not to repeat myself. So the author that I will mention here is Sabah Tahir, the author of an Ember in the Ashes series. She can write dialogue and combat and the longing between two characters without it being smutty in the slightest in such a great way. I so admire her for that. I read the last installment in her Amber series, A Sky Beyond the Storm, earlier this year. And guys, I was again reminded why I love the series and her writing style is definitely contributing intensely to my strong feelings about that. Question number five. Gather your equipment. Most beloved group of friends or most beloved partner in crime couple. Now, for those of you who have heard my 2020 recap episode, you will know how much I loved this book and also how much I loved these two characters. And that is Fee and Tevin from The Merciful Crow. Not gonna lie, I felt such a strong connection to these characters. Whenever I read, I'm usually very quiet. 
If you look at me, you might see me smile or with my brow furrowed when something has been bothering me in a book. But these two made me crack up with real laughter so often and made me audibly gasp at one point or another in the story. There were some intense emotions here, friends. <laughs> they really got to me. Question number six. Sit down and record. Your favorite reading spot. That is fairly easy, because I honestly read in one spot and that is my couch. Now, fun fact, our couch is not symmetrical. There's one longer part where you can also lay your legs and one part that is just regular, where you put your legs on the ground. And now guess which one is my part? Yeah. I caved back then when I moved together with my now fiancé and I gave him the longer end because he's nearly 20 centimeters taller than me. So I am always curling up in a ball over in my tiny end with my book and preferably a blanket to read. But when I feel cheeky, I claim his spot when he leaves to go to another room because this is the wildlife I'm living over here, guys. <laughs> Question number seven. Despair because of the background noise. <laughs> Now I really laughed when I thought about this prompt because, guys, you don't realize how much background noise your apartment has unless you try to record a podcast. The fridge has this slight humming noise, the clock that is ticking louder than ever before, it's a mess. So the question this correlates with is well-written action scene or well-written action sequences in general. This for me is a very close call, so I could not decide which one of the two kings of combat I give this title to. On the one hand we have George R. R. Martin, the master of killing of characters like they meant nothing to the story, with his more brutal but still very capturing action scenes. And then Brendan Sanderson, whose style is more subtle and more centered around the actual art of fighting, but both bring some really great skill to the table when it comes to writing these sequences. So honestly, you pick for me. I just can't. Question number eight. Edit. What would be a novel that you would love to receive an ARC for? I explained this in an earlier episode, but ARC stands for Advanced Reader Copy, and these are copies that are sent out for review before the actual release date to create buzz leading up to the launch. So I went through my 2021 Goodreads TBR and tried to find a new release that I was the most excited for. And I know I really, really tried to not repeat myself, but at least I'm not repeating a book, but rather an author. And that is Margaret Owen, the author of The Merciful Crow. I told you, Fee and Tavin were really great to read from for me, so her character and the plot building intrigued me so much that I'm super excited for a new release called Little Thieves that will come out in early October. And I will instantly buy it and read it. So if you had to choose one book for 2021 to get an arc for, it would be this one for me. I will read you the synopsis because it is very mysterious and to be honest, I couldn't better summarize what I can gather from that in my own words. So here we go. Just let me grab my phone. <clears throat> Once upon a time, there was a beautiful, kind princess who was betrothed to the prince of a faraway kingdom. When she set off for her new home, her mother gave her a maid for a companion on the journey. But instead of serving the princess, the wicked maid stole her place. For a year, the true princess toiled away like a common goose girl, where the wicked maid lived high in the palace, fooling the kingdom. 
But the truth came out. The princess took back her name, her crown and her husband and the imposter died for her crimes. Then one day the wicked maid told her own story. This alone, with the knowledge of how much I enjoyed her writing the first two books around, I can't wait. I can't wait, guys. And now for the final question, number nine. Upload a well-loved novel that you want to give a shout out. Just giving everyone a little space here to just shout out some great books that might not fit into any of the other categories. For this one, I went with a classic I recently read, and that is none other than Animal Farm by George Orwell. Listen, here in Germany, you don't hear about it in school. Even in English class, this is not discussed. And to be honest, I don't know why. <laughs> Because it is not only very satirical and brings forward an important message, but it was also nice to read, actually. I did not have to plow my way through it, not knowing why I do this to myself. I swear, this would have been such a much better choice to read in high school English class rather than all the other books we read. So that is it for the podcast book tag. I hope you enjoyed this. It was very different from the other episodes I have done on here. Feel free to give your answers to the questions either in your own tag podcast episode or video or write me on Instagram under the posts and stories correlating to this episode. I would love to hear your choices around these topics. This was so much fun. I really hope you heard about a book that intrigued you and that you can pick up and love as much as I did. So guys, welcome to my meet the character section. Even though I already talked about so many great traits in books already in this episode, I thought it would still make sense to do this section, especially because it really correlates well with my tag question number five about the favorite group of characters or partner in crime couple. And I thought I would expand a bit on that one because to be honest, I think Fee, Tavin and their circle of friends in The Merciful Crow and The Faithless Hawk were really my favorites to read from last year. I think it was especially the humor between them. For me, it was a very busy time at work. So these dialogue passages that would just crack me up in the evening when I was sitting on my couch reading were very, very appreciated. What I also really enjoyed was they really do bring out the best in each other. Of course, not all decisions are perfect. Everyone is flawed, but you see how they help each other grow throughout the two books. And that was really, really lovely to watch. There's another couple that I might maybe give an honorable mention here, now that I'm at it. <laughs> it would fit this category really well. And that is Audrey Rose and Thomas from the Stalking Jack the Ripper series by Carrie Maniscalco. Again, as always, all book and media mentioned in my podcast will be available on my Instagram podcast highlight in case you want to take a look how a book title or author is written. These two characters also work together so well and he's very supportive and helps her to break out of society's chains that were still very tight back in that day for women. <laughs> that was also a pairing that I really, really enjoyed reading from and can highly recommend to everyone who likes a strong and intelligent female main character with a supportive male main character.
made it. We're on the finishing stretches of this episode. Now, let's jump into the last section, where I answer a bookish question that was sent to me. So, let me pick one from my list. Aha! If you are in the middle of the book and you just don't vibe with it, do you still push yourself to finish it? Well, no. <laughs> Definitely not. I used to do that when I was a teenager and to be honest, that simply doesn't work for me. To be honest, once I curated the prompts for my tag and thought of the questions I want to correlate with them, it was actually pretty easy to think of the books because with my method of first getting really good recommendations either from friends and family and YouTube and then also just stopping if I really don't vibe with a book at that point in time, I really put together a list of read books but also a list of unread books that has learned from my experiences and is by now really hitting my book taste very well. Of course, I also gave books a second chance because sometimes it really just depended on my mood on that day that hindered me to enjoy a book to its full potential. But if I'm really not getting along with it, I just stop and then bring it to my take a book leave a book container in the hopes that someone will really really enjoy it. I'm a firm believer that if a book is not for you, you should not feel like a bad reader if you do not finish it. If you have an exam centering around it or if you have to read it for work, okay fine, that's a different argument, but if you read it for fun though? The risk of this book pushing you into a reading slump because you start to associate reading time with a book you don't enjoy, I personally think that this is too big of a risk. Thanks so much for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you could not tell, I was really excited to record this and it was so much fun for me. I really hope you enjoyed it as well. If you have got any questions about the books, authors or my opinions mentioned, just write me on Instagram at childofthelibrary or to my email address that you will find in my podcast description. Until next time, I hope we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. Bye!